I have mixed emotions today because it is the last in the sermon series, I Don't Believe in Church. And I say that because I've really enjoyed this series. I don't know if you have, but I have. It's been very eye-opening, and it started some interesting conversations outside of church. Today, we are on the last one, which is unity. I thought I'd end on a, a high note. If you have any questions about these others, you can always go back to our Facebook page and find those services and listen to those messages, uh, or our YouTube channel, or the website. One exception, we had a little bit of a glitch last week, so we don't have a file up on our website or YouTube, but it is on Facebook. So if you ever wondered if you should download Facebook, there you go. There's your excuse just for that one thing. And then you can delete it if you want, I, you know, whatever. All right, so we're talking about uh, unity today, and next sermon series is going to be appropriately titled The Way Forward. So we're going to talk about the way forward, not just what we're voting on on October 9th, but it's a good chance to step back and say, who are we? What do we believe? Why do we believe it? How do we operate in this world around us? So all that is going to be about the way forward. It's going to be a five-week series. You don't want to miss it. Because if you understand who we are and why we are, then it makes everything else make sense. So I encourage you to do that. Now, today's totally random and highly scientific question, <laughs> here it goes. How many people in the past day have thought about your toes? One, two, three, four. Oh, actually, more than I thought. Actually, I, I thought I was alone in this and just weird. So... <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm thinking about uh, my toe, uh, and I, uh, just to keep you uh, uh, calm here, I don't normally think about my toes, but a couple, uh, actually it's been almost a month ago, I dislocated my toe, and it was the one next to the big toe, and I'm trying in my mind to figure out, how does that even happen? It's like right in the middle of everything should be protected, and boom, there it was. And you know what? I never think about that toe, ever, until that day, right? <laughs> And, and, and I'll tell you, after that, I couldn't think about anything else except that toe. Oh, is that too much? Too much? <laughs> Could not think about anything but that toe. I was amazed at how such a little thing impacts everything that I do. I mean, even to the point where you're like trying just to walk. Think about pushing the gas pedal and the brake pedal and all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, I was, I was just thinking, how am I even going to get home? I might have to call the tow truck. <laughs> that is too much. <laughs> I didn't have to call a tow truck, but I thought about it, just to let you know. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had that thing that you never, take, you never think about, you sometimes take for granted, and then all of a sudden it's there and you can't think about anything else? How many people have had that problem? Yeah, usually like it's a nagging injury or you know, a cut or a paper cut. Uh, right about the time you're slicing lemons, you know, those kinds of things. Again, too much? I don't know. Yeah. So you probably have experience at that where something is just nagging at you that you've never thought about before, but you can't not think about it. And it usually is around an injury. But let me ask you this. If you've ever, like, stubbed your toe, broken a finger, whatever, did you ever go, oh, stubbed a toe? Well, I'll just cut that off and throw that away. <laughs> have you ever done that? Anybody? <laughs> I hope not, right? That would be weird. So here, here's the point that I'm getting at. A lot of times when it comes to church, and we're talking about I don't believe in the church, one of the problems is that people who try to be a member of a body don't feel like they belong, or they've been hurt by the church. And so what they do is they self-amputate. 
I'm not a part of this body anymore. I don't fit in. I've been hurt. I don't want to go there. I, I've been insulted. I've been uh, ignored, whatever. My gifts just aren't appreciated there, so I'm just going to separate from the body. Now, thank God that's not the way toes work, right? Because I don't think I'd have any left by this point. They just, oh, there went another one. Yeah, I can't control it. And then pretty soon, we're pretty useless as a body, are we not? So this is what happens sometimes when people get hurt by the church. They disassociate with the church, or they, what I call, self-amputate. But let me ask you this. When it comes to being hurt by the church, there's really two key questions that we need to get underneath before we answer why, what the purpose of this body is. And here are the two key questions. <clears throat> what really hurt you? What really hurt you? And what did you do about the hurt? So that's what we're going to talk about today. What was it that really hurt you? Was it the church? And what did you do in response to that? Because the answer to those two things is going to determine if we're a healthy body of Christ or a dilapidated body of Christ. So here goes. <clears throat> the setting for 1 Corinthians that we're going to read today, let me tell you a little bit about the church in Corinth. They're a new church. They're a church plant, if you will. Paul has been discipling them, and they have gone off in great gangbuster style. But here's the problem. They're arguing about who's more important in the church. And it's primarily gift around, uh, based around what gifts they have. And in, in the church in Corinth, the big gift was speaking in tongues. So if you could speak in tongues, you were at the highest of rungs. If you did anything else, you were way, way down here. And obviously, that's causing division. That's causing harm within the body of Christ. And so Paul is trying to convince them, look, whatever gift you have, it's one of many. And he uses this great analogy. I love the analogy of the body because it just makes so much sense. And it also made my toe thing make sense. So that, that was a great help to me. Thank you, Paul. So I want to read from 1 Corinthians. We're going to read uh, on chapter 12, 12 through 14, and then 26 and 27. Here's what Paul says. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body whether Jew or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Skipping to verse 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. These are the words of God for the people of God, and for these words we are grateful. So Paul is saying that the body has many parts. So if you want to compare who's better or who's more important to the church, you really can't. I mean, think about who, who wants to be the toe. Yeah, uh, not... <laughs> okay, there's one. One person wants to be the toe, but most people don't want to be the toe. But you know what? If you don't have that toe, life gets really interesting. And so the first lesson that I take away from Paul's words here <clears throat> is to be your part. So we are not wired to be individuals. We are wired to be community, and that community as believers is called the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is how Jesus is expressed in the world today. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is not currently physically walking the earth, and so he relies on the Holy Spirit to guide the one spirit that we talked about there, to guide his body. I'm looking at his body. I'm looking at a part of his body. I see many different gifts. I see many different experiences. I see many different abilities and talents. And you know what? That makes my heart sink. Because it tells me that we are a capable body. 
If everybody was exactly the same, I would worry about our ability to function. If it was just, hey, we're great, we're the church of the big toe. Awesome, what do you do? Lay around in a shoe all day? I, what do you do if you're just a toe? We have to have many parts together, so be your part and be it proudly. Now, here's the other challenge that I've often seen. When it comes to church and service in the church, when I talk about giving time, treasure, and talent, a lot of times the way people get plugged in is because here's a person, here's a need, there you go. That's what you do for the church. Well, maybe not, because maybe that's not your strongest suit. Maybe that's not the real gifts that God has wired you with. And so at WordServe, I always encourage people to take a spiritual gift inventory. Find out how you're wired. There's also the thing called the Enneagram, which is an excellent look at how you're wired. And as I get further into this, I'm going to develop a program by which we understand who we are, exactly how we're wired. Because at the other end of that, if we understand who we are, how we're wired, we'll understand where we fit. Are you a toe? Or are you an ear? Are you a, I was going to say, are you a mouth? <laughs> that might come out wrong. Are you a mouthy? Or are you uh, the back? We need all of that. So right on our website at wordserve.org slash spiritual gifts, there are two inventories that you can take depending on how you like to take them. But they're out there for free for, for your availability. I encourage you to go visit that website. Take a look at who you are and how you're wired. And if you have questions about that as it comes back, let me know. And I'd be happy to sit down and say, hey, you know, from what I've seen in the past and from what I know of you, you would be a great fit over here. Now, the converse is we never know who we are. We just get plugged around uh, round hole square peg, and that's just not a good fit. That's not a functional body. That's not going to bring you life. That's not going to bring you joy. And it's not going to bring healing to anybody else. And they're not going to come into this and go, wow, this is a great-looking body of Christ. They're going to go, what was that, the Church of Frankenstein? We just put parts together, and yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be the church of Frankenstein. I want to be the church of Jesus Christ, and this is how this works. So take a look at who you are. Take a look at where you can serve as the basis of that and watch a healthy body develop. It will be amazing. So the first thing I learned is be your part. The one thing that will kill you spiritually in this is to compare you to somebody with different gifts. It happens all the time. Or to let someone say that you're less important because of the gift that you bring. Some gifts are more visible. Yeah, I mean, how many people are seeing toes right now? Not many, unless you're wearing flip-flops, which is cool. <clears throat> but for the most part, there are some gifts that are visible. <clears throat> Excuse me, we tend to think those are more important, and that's not true. I, th I think I've made the point enough, so I I'm going to uh, move on. But every part is important, but you've got to know your part if you're going to fit well. So take the survey. See what it says. Talk to me. Help me, uh, help, me help you. Find a place in the body. The second thing I learned from Paul's reading here <clears throat> is how do you handle the hurt? Now, here's the, uh, the religious referee. What he's saying is uh, there's an illegal composition or division. You assume that one part of something has to be applied to all. In other words, if I got hurt by the church, every church is bad. If I got hurt by this church, then all religion is bad. If I got hurt by someone who said, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ must be bad. How many people think that's true? Good, thank God. That makes my explanation so much easier. That's not true. 
And so what you have to ask yourself in this whole process of handling the hurt is, who really hurt you? Was it the church? Did the church hurt you? Because I doubt the whole church actually hurt you. Although that might be your perception because we tend to make this baby bathwater thing, right? We're going to throw it all out. If it's one little thing, it must be true of all. I had one bad experience at this church, so therefore that church is useless. That's not true. It's not the church that hurt you. Uh, the second question is, was it Christ that hurt you? Something that you read? Something that someone said he said? And I, oh, I don't agree with that. I don't like that. Well, mm, I got news for you. <laughs> That's something that you have to solve with Christ. That's not a person-to-person -person problem. And, and I would lean towards solving that with Christ to Christ's resolution rather than going, hey, Christ, come my way on this issue. When you make the universe, you get to make the rules. That's kind of the way that works. So if you want to be on the right side of that, I would listen to him and conform to his image in which we are created. So that's the second part. Did, did the church hurt you? Probably not. Did Christ hurt you? That's something you're going to have to resolve. And that takes prayer and scripture and probably people around you that can help you interpret and understand and apply. So if Christ, or excuse me, if the church didn't hurt you, if Christ didn't hurt you, was it a person or persons that hurt you? And if you've had this experience in church, I think you've arrived at the fact that it wasn't the whole church. It wasn't Christ. It was a person or persons that hurt me. And using the, the fallacy of composition is called, I say, okay, this person hurt me, therefore that church is entirely bad. There's nothing more for me here. I'm just going to move on. Or worse yet, I'm just going to move on from all church. I'm not going to attend anywhere. And my faith begins to falter because, again, we're not wired to be Christians by ourselves. We're wired to be the body of Christ. And absent that, we atrophy. We become less effective in spite of what we try to tell ourselves. We do become less effective. That's the model that Jesus set up when he sent his Holy Spirit to remind us of all things, to teach us of all things, to create the unity that only he can create. Nobody else can create that. And guess who the head of that body is? Jesus. His spirit is like the, the, the thoughts and the nervous system that drives everything. And as long as we listen to that, we are a coordinated body. As soon as we stop listening to that, we're totally uncoordinated. It's like some disease where your nervous system can't talk to your muscles. If you're familiar with those kinds of diseases, you realize how debilitating that is. And it's bad enough that the work doesn't get done in the world by a debilitated body, but it's even worse that... We say, we declare, hey, we're the, the body of Christ, yet we look like we can't do anything. Who's going to sign up? Right? And it's not about numbers. It's not about the attendance roster. It's about what impact can we make in this world? How can the body of Christ influence our community and our world around us? That's the whole purpose I'm pursuing this. It's not for word service fame. It's not for our roles, our rosters, our numbers, or even our giving. It's how can we impact the community around us. That's the sole goal, at least in the, in the purest of motives. So we have to, uh, have to take a look at this handling of the hurt a little bit deeper because I, I don't want to make light of being hurt by church. I know people get hurt by church all the time. I know people get hurt by me, and if, it, if I have hurt you in some way, I will apologize right now. I'd love to talk to you more about that. I can tell you the ways the church has hurt me. But Bill, you're a pastor. Yeah, still hurts. But you know what? There's something that's bigger and greater than my hurt. And maybe it's that 
I don't want to make this sound wrong. I'm just going to say it, but let me unpack it, so stick with me. Maybe hurt is normal. That doesn't mean it's right. But as we go through, think about your body. Just come back to your body for a second. As you go through life, how many of you have never been hurt? Never got a paper cut, never stubbed a toe, never broke a bone, nothing. How many of you have never been hurt? That's what I thought. So hurt is a part of being active in a body. So I don't want to uh, accept that. I don't want to say, well, this is normal. Just suck it up. You're going to get hurt. But I want you to realize that in this world that we live in, hurt is probably inevitable. So we shouldn't be surprised by it. But here's the thing. When that body experiences that dislocated toe, it keeps the toe, right? And the toe keeps the body. Now let me ask you the killer question of the day. Where does healing come from? I'm just going to let that sink in for a minute. Where does healing come from for that toe? Does the toe generate its own healing? Does the toe send antibodies to prevent infection? Does the toe send anti-inflammatories to make sure that your toe doesn't explode? Does the toe send the healing cells that will begin to repair and mend that toe? Or is it the body that sends that? <laughs> this is the kicker, right? Because here's what happens. Uh, this quote I found uh, says, It may be that someone has really hurt you. You may have even every right to be angry and bitter. But do you know who gets hurt the most when you harbor anger and hostility and vengeful thoughts towards someone? You do. And not only that, you're cutting yourself off from fellowship with God. Wow. And this leads me to the very great irony. Here's the greatest irony of all. <laughs> not my toes. That is not my toe. <laughs> But this is the great irony in all of this. The people who get hurt by the church often separate themselves from the very thing that can heal them. Think about that. If you've been hurt in a church environment, where are you most likely to get the healing? From the body. This is the way this works. Where are you more likely to get help than from the body who specializes in things like grace and forgiveness and reconciliation? Maybe this is an opportunity to work through some of this. And so maybe we don't need to fear this so much as, as welcome it. Uh, and again, not in a sick way. I'm not going to go and provoke people and uh, I'm going to purposely hurt Tracy today so that I can make her feel better. No, that's not the point. The inevitability of hurt says at some point I'm going to step on somebody's toes. <laughs> ah, that just came out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to step on somebody's toes. But then what happens after that? The body has the opportunity to heal. So we need to think about what does that look like. And it's time, in my opinion, that we let the healing begin. Now, inside the body, this is like a, a practice laboratory, right? So if we who learn about grace and forgiveness and healing can't practice somewhere, we're going to be very bad at it. And if we want to work it out before we take it out into the real world for a test drive, wouldn't it be better to do it with people who are alongside us trying to learn the same things, believe the same things? See, this is a chance to practice, folks. And again, I'm not saying let's go hurt each other so we can practice, but when the inevitable hurt happens, let this be a place of healing. Let this be a place that brings that body back together. Let Christ guide our actions so that our actions are coordinated and let Christ be glorified 
in that. See, I'm convinced that it's time to let the healing begin. The healing happens in the body of Christ, directed by the Holy Spirit. If you've been hurt, I'm sorry. If you want to heal, stay with us. Let the healing begin. Will you pray with me, please? God, we don't want to make light of the hurt. We know that your son, Jesus Christ, experienced the very same thing. The Holy One of Israel, the living Son of God, who came to this earth and was insulted, unfairly accused, mocked, beaten, scorned, made fun of, died a criminal's death, all that. You understand better than anybody, God, how we hurt and how we hurt each other. So God, that's why I'm so grateful that you provide a means for healing. That's why I'm so grateful for Jesus' gift on the cross and the Holy Spirit that guides us today, the head of the body. That's why I'm so grateful for the body of Christ that can actually be healers and not hurters if we will follow your direction. So God, my prayer today is that we would lay down whatever our big toe agenda is and pick up yours. It's far greater. It's far better. It makes us more useful to you, to the world, to the communities around us, to our families, to the people we work with. God, help us to lay down that agenda and pick up the agenda of being part of this whole body of Christ. Help us to see what our part is. Help us to embrace it. Help us to be renewed and energized by it. Help us not pass up this opportunity that we have as we are reflecting on this be a part of something greater than ourselves, to be part of the greatest story ever being told. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.